Happy Christmas to you from me. My name is Ben, the pastor here, if I haven't met you. Great to see you on this Christmas morning. Um, one of my favorite things at Christmas is presents. Always has been. I've got three presents under the tree, and I'm going to need some help, some volunteers to help unwrap the presents. Not quite yet, but um, all the volunteers need to be under 14. Darcy, you're up. But that'll be a bit later. Um, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Could you grab the clicker for me, please, Darcy? Um, one of the most famous verses in the Bible is that one that Bron just read. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. Here it is on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever puts their trust in him will not die but have eternal life. This is Christmas in a nutshell. This is actually Christianity in a nutshell. It tells us that Christmas is all about God's love. That might not be much of a surprise to you, but I think uh, there are three things about God's love that are very surprising. Who God loves, how he shows his love, and what his love achieves. Who God loves, how he shows his love and what his love achieves. So we're going to spend a bit of time this Christmas morning reflecting on this verse, and then we'll get into the passage from 1 John 4 as well, thinking about the surprising love of God. So firstly, who does God love? I need my first volunteer, and it's not going to be a volunteer. I'm going to choose Darcy to come and open the first present. And the volunteers get to keep the presents. What you got? What is it? It's a ball in the shape of a world. Look at that. Yeah. All right. What has that got to do with God's love? Can you see in the verse? Let's go back to the verse. What does the verse tell us about who God loves? For God so loved the world. That's why we've got a world. And when it says God loved the world, it's not talking primarily about God loving the physical world, the planet Earth. I mean, he does. But primarily, it's talking about the fact that God loves the people in the world. And actually, what John's really getting at is the people in the world who've turned their backs on God. When John talks about the world, he's talking about the world opposed to God. Those are the people that God loves. That is quite surprising, isn't it? But it's also really good news because it means that he loves you and he loves me in spite of how we treat him. You know, there are some people that I find it particularly amazing that God could love, but the person I find it most amazing he loves is me. Because I know myself better than I know anyone else. I, I know how undeserving I am of God's love. I know how often I push him away. How often I fail to thank him. How often I deliberately do the things that he hates. When you look at the world and when you look at your own heart, I hope you find it surprising. I hope you agree God's love is surprising. 
The second surprising thing about God's love, oh, here we go, who does God love? All people. Second surprising thing, how does God show his love? I need my next volunteer, and again, it's not going to be a volunteer, it's Katie. Come and get a present. And this present goes to Katie because it actually belongs to Katie. didn't see it's a baby a baby now a baby what has that got to do with God's love again can you see in the verse what it says about how God shows his love God so loved the world that he gave his only son and that's what we're celebrating at Christmas God giving his son born as a baby in Bethlehem Giving gifts is a way of showing love, isn't it? I'm sure we're all going to do that later, or maybe we have already. And you can tell something about what a person thinks of you by the gift that they give. If someone gives you something very precious, it probably means they love you very much. God gave us his son. doesn't have anything more precious to give. At the first Christmas, God gave the greatest gift the world has ever known. I've got four kids, three of them are here, my son Jacob at home. There is no way in the world I'd give them to any of you because I just don't love you that much. (laughs) The amazing thing is that God does. This Christmas I have the privilege of telling you or reminding you that God absolutely loves you to bits. Unto us A child is born unto us, a son is given. But there's more to this gift. You see, God didn't just give his son to be a baby. He gave his son to be a rescuer. And that leads us to our next surprise. Hold on, here we go. How does God show his love? He gave his son to be our saviour. Our third surprise, we need a third volunteer. This can be a volunteer. Rosie, yes. All right, yeah. That's okay. You open it here. Well done. Rip it open. Well done. What is it? Can I hold it up for everybody? I haven't blown it up, so it fit in the wrapping paper better. You can take that. It's a swim ring, I think that's what it's called. Why have we got a swim ring? Well, that's something, if, if you're struggling in the pool, we might throw that in to, to rescue you. 
I thought I'd get that one. It's a bit more child-friendly. And Rosie, you can keep it. Can you see what the verse says about what God's love achieves? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever puts their trust in him will not die, but have eternal life. God's love achieves our rescue. God sends his son to rescue us. Rescue us from the punishment we deserve, the the death that we deserve to have eternal life. And the way that Jesus rescued us was through his death. The verse just before this one in John's Gospel tells us about Jesus being lifted up. And it's referring to him being lifted up on the cross to die. And people looking to him, the one crucified in their place in order to be saved. You see, when you look to Jesus, when you trust in Jesus, as the verse says, you're united with him and his death counts as your death. And you get to enjoy his life, eternal life. And eternal life isn't just life that goes on forever. It's talking about the quality of life. It's talking about a life of friendship with God, a life in which you're known and loved A life of forgiveness and freedom, deep peace, lasting joy. That's the surprising love of God. Let's recap. Well, hello, the surprising love of God. Who does God love? You tell me. The world, all people, in spite of the way we treat him. How does he show his love? A baby, he gave us his son, Jesus, born to be our rescuer. What does his love achieve? It saves us, yeah, saves us from the death we deserve so that anyone who puts their trust in him can have eternal life. That's worth celebrating at Christmas, isn't it? You could put it another way and say that God's love is gracious. We don't deserve it. It's costly, we couldn't ask for more, and it's useful, it meets our greatest need. It's gracious, and it's costly, and it's useful. That sounds a bit lame, doesn't it? Useful, but you get the idea. It meets our greatest need. This is love, and this is what the reading from 1 John 4 picks up. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay, how are we going to respond? Let me suggest two ways. Two ways for us to respond this Christmas. Firstly, we need to receive God's love, and then we need to reflect God's love. We need to receive it and reflect it. A few verses after the reading that we had, it says, We love because God first loved us. You see the order? We love because he first loved us. We receive God's love, and then we respond in love, love for God, love for one another. Verse 11 says something similar. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
See what it's saying? If, if you've received, if you've grasped the love of God, how wide and long and high and deep is God's love in Christ, then you'll be compelled to love one another. The next verse takes the same idea a bit further. Verse 12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Does that verse remind you of another verse in the Bible? I hope if you've been around at Barney's over Advent, it does, because we've spent four weeks looking at the prologue to John's Gospel. And right at the end of that prologue, John 1.18, it says, No one has ever seen God. Starts off the same. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only Son, who's in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So how do people come to know the unseen God? According to John 1, 18, supremely through Jesus, the Word made flesh, the Son of God in human form. That's how we get to know God. This verse takes it in a different direction. Same idea to start with. No one has ever seen God, but how is the unseen God made known? According to 1 John 4, well, if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. That's pretty striking, isn't it? One commentator asks, when the world looks at the church, do they see a kind of love, a quality of love that can only be explained by the supernatural work of God? The church is called to be a community shaped by love, characterized by love. Above all else, we're to be known for our love. And not just any kind of love, not a superficial love, but this God-like love. A love for the undeserving. A love that costs. A love that meets people's deepest needs. But that kind of love is not something we can muster up ourselves. It's not self Generated. You can't create that love through your own willpower. Verse 7 says, love comes from God. Love comes from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And verse 13 says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He's given us of his spirit. That's what that commentator is talking about. Is the love that we demonstrate a love that comes through God bringing new life in a person and Holy Spirit power. You see, it's not that God's love is just an example for us to copy. No, God's love is a power that comes into you and that you experience and that transforms you on the inside and makes you a person characterized by love. John Piper says this. Oh, we've come back. That's the question. John Piper says this. There is nothing more thrilling than experiencing the love of God so deeply that it spills over into our relationships. And that's what this letter is all about. Being so deeply transformed by the love of God within that we live the supernatural love of God without. A few months ago, we listened to a talk by Sam Albury, and he um, made reference to a quote. And um, the, the quote says, 
Those who hear not the music think the dancers mad. Those who hear not the music think the dancers mad. And uh, I looked up the quote, and some people reckon it's an African proverb, and some people think it's a, a Chinese proverb, and some people think it came from Friedrich Nietzsche. Whoever it comes from, it's a great quote, isn't it? Those who hear not the music think the dancers mad. The love of God is like music. And not music that you just listen to, but music that comes into you. Music that resonates in your soul and moves you to dance, to think and act in new ways, to love in costly, sacrificial ways that don't make sense without the music of God's love. My prayer is that this Christmas day will be a day in which all of us open ourselves up to receive this extraordinary, surprising love of God afresh and that we're renewed by it and empowered to reflect it. In a few minutes, we're going to celebrate communion together. And as you receive the bread and the juice, receive Christ afresh. Receive his love afresh. And as the little morsel of bread and the sip of juice nourish your body in a small way, may your soul be nourished and renewed by the love of God so that you're strengthened to go from this place to live a life of love. Let me pray for us and then I think we're going to sing again. Let me pray, using words from the Apostle Paul. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to sing.